Michelle Hicks. I am a program director for a, a pregnant short-term residential treatment facility located in the city of Paris, California. Yeah, yeah. And transparency, that's my cousin. One of my favorite cousins. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, so starting off, um, I see I sent you some questions. So we'll go over some of the questions. So what okay. volumes of the um, Watch Me Grow series have you read? They back here. Can you see Okay, I read the one volume one and volume two. Damn. Support family and friends. Mm -hmm. So I only bought it because of family. But mm -hmm. then I said, oh, let me read it. Once I read it, I could not put it down. I read it and had to finish it the whole night. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's you know, it's it's just uh I think if people could read it, you know, it, and you can't complain um when people support you. And but when somebody actually reads it and 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 then it's like it's it's crazy. It's so crazy to me to talk to somebody about something that was in my head for so long. Really? Yeah. How long actually, was it in your head? Huh? How long was it in your head? Because that was one of my questions. Instead, if you had any a uh, question to ask the author, what would it okay. be? And that would be it. Um what made how did it come about? It was after I read Rich Dad for that. And I was going through my um, season of really just, I never read growing up. You know, I wasn't a reader, but um, I was trying to, something about, um, something about that time frame, I was in my 20s, my late 20s. And I was really felt like I had lacked out um, reading and, and seeking knowledge. And so I started going to a library. I started going buying books. And Rich Dad Poor Dad, I just grabbed it off the shelf. You know, you hear about it, but I didn't know what it was about. But when I started reading it, I thought it was a regular story initially. But around the second chapter, I said, oh, this dude is teaching about, like, finances and real estate and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's a story through these boys. And I was like, oh, I was like, that concept was so dope. I was like, he's putting the medicine and the candy. I was like, if I was yes. a kid, you could have tricked me like that. You know what I'm saying? I was like. So right then I was like, man, God, give me a storyline and I'll try to drop some of these jewels in there. Yes. And six years later, you know what I'm saying? Um, that's when the storyline was given to me. And then since then, it's been probably like going on seven, eight years maybe of um of uh getting it wrote, editing it, um, just just the process. The whole mm -hmm. process with life and give not giving up but putting it to the side and then just working and mm -hmm. not doing nothing sometimes just just being you know what I'm saying and yeah. finally last year is when I published I published three of them last year from not publishing anything to publishing three yes I'm, that's the only reason why I haven't read that third one is because of the pandemic and We've been short-staffed, so all I was doing is going to work and coming back home and sleeping. Yeah, stacking that money. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's actually an eight-part series, so it's eight. Yes, eight. Wow. Well, I was like, well, I need to figure out how to sell the series before I put all of them out. Ain't no need to finish put all of them out if I can't mm -hmm. figure out how to uh, until I can finish figure out how to sell them. So, yeah. Um, 
what was your favorite part of the series? Um, I like how you went back to talking spiritual, bringing God into part of the books. That was one of my favorite parts. That's one of the reasons why I thought um, it would be good for my girls to read too, because you know, a lot of people don't go to church, but then this had a little bit of church in it to make you wonder, ooh, wee, what's going on? And what am yeah. I missing? Yeah. And yeah. then um, the other one part was about teaching the youth that it's other things out there other than just dealing drugs and game banging. Yeah. A lot of times we not, we not, um, you know, I didn't grow up in a, I mean, I know we, like, y'all grew up in LA. What what, what the uh, predominantly area you guys, you grew up? We moved around a lot. So yeah. we went from Long Beach to Buena Park to Carson to Inglewood and then back to Compton. Because when we used to go up to Compton and visit you guys, it was like, you know what I'm saying? When I was in elementary school, it was always like shootings and and I mean, the same thing as in Dago. And, you know, you go up to, to L.A. and you'd be in Compton and you'd be like, man, family members and they friends. And you'd be up there and, and, and on K&M live. It looked like, uh, uh, what was the ice, ice Cube in there? <laughs> yeah. That movie. Yeah, uh -huh. it looked like straight out of Boys in the Hood. You'd be like, man, I ain't leaving this. I ain't leaving the house. You know what I'm saying? We go to the parties. <laughs> So but we that, had that's all friends. When you live in a, in that environment, they friends. Yeah. Yeah. Same like our neighborhood. But when you venture outside of them neighborhoods, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like around the corner, you know, I got homeboys that got murdered just going home, you know, and it's like that was like a natural, not natural, but it wasn't surprise. It was by the time I was a teenager, it was like, dang. But it wasn't a surprise. It was disappointing. Yeah. And that that just you grow older and you realize we got the short end of the stick, but we still here and we still yes. able to do make a change and grow. And make sure our kids don't grow up in the same environment. Yeah. Or a little bit better than what we did. Yeah. Even though I'm not taking anything from my mother, because I love my childhood. I had so much fun growing up. So yeah but it's like you had just said giving them an opportunity to see more and that's mm -hmm. all i was trying to uh bring forth in the, in the what was your least favorite part i saw you i see the answer right here <laughs> uh my least favorite was that i hated that cj didn't get a chance to mend his relationship with his mom yeah before she passed away i don't want to give the storyline out but yeah yeah, that yeah. That was, um, I think that was for me, you know, losing my mom early. Oh, yeah. You know, was, even though we were good, but still, when you 18, you can't really, you never really kind of express, because you, when you get older, you realize how much and important and sacrif sacrifice, you know, they did for you. So when, I, I think, and that was kind of a little part of me, just a chunk, like, I wish I could have just told her and expressed more, you know, because it was kind of um, quick with the cancer and stuff. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, that was, I think that was something I kind of took from me too. But, you know, that kind of um, wanted to get 
across was to give people their flowers and just do yes while you can. Yeah, because so. you never know. It might be too late. Yeah, you never know. Did you race to the end or was it more of a slow burn? No, look, I told you, I couldn't go to sleep until I finished this. So. <laughs> was they were, were they just enough or uh, for the size of the book? Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't a thick book because I probably would have been all up up all night long. So, <laughs> yeah, because each chapter got better and better. You'll say, okay, I'm going to go to sleep after this chapter. Then you get to reading that chapter. And then it was like, oh, shoot, now I got to read the next one. See what happens. Uh, I I will. So let me skip skip the head real quick. So, what did you think about um the end of book two? The end of book two when his mom passed and his girlfriend. Um, now let me tell you, I don't have my books anymore because I okay. gave them to somebody else. Yeah. But, um, who got who got your book? Huh? What's they, what's they um they they Instagram? I'm gonna uh, DM them. And, and figure out why they ain't returned your book. Oh no, no, I gave it to at the group at the group home that I oh, work at. Home. I left it oh. there, and one of the girls was reading it. And when she left, she took the book with her. Oh, okay. Okay. She liked it too. <laughs> okay, she cool then. She cool. I thought it was family. <laughs> I was about to get them. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think the part that I liked most about the ending of book two was um the uncle getting ready to get out of the hospital and the fact that Kate cat was a cat mm -hmm. was living with the auntie now and how the auntie shared with her her experience that you know no I don't think you're my um favorite I mean no I don't think you're a bad person because I went through the same thing you went through and that was a what yeah I thought she was fancy too yeah, you know what I'm saying? Things ain't always what they seem to be. Uh-huh. And um, I'm glad you, you brought that part up because um, that was one of the things where I reached out to you and you was kind of helping me um, navigate and meet other people and other writers that had experience because I was told you with that, with the, um, the spinoff is Watch Her Grow. So when Ooh. I told you that... Yeah, and that's why I was trying to reach out to people in your industry that had experiences and I could kind of get a feel and, and really do it just do, you know. Mm -hmm. So, because Auntie been through some things and mm -hmm. you already know Kat, yeah. you know, how she came to the family. Mm -hmm. So knowing that and, and Uncle telling um, CJ, like, yo, Auntie good. Like, she can handle herself, believe me. Mm -hmm. You know what Kat about, but you don't know what Auntie about. So yeah. she good. <laughs> yeah and she she's gonna be um the story's gonna be told through cat like it mm -hmm. is with cj but mm -hmm. auntie's gonna have more of involvement than um uncle did as far as being the mentor mm -hmm. and having more um, um knowledge and, and direction to uh give give cat good yeah, yeah. oh now i can't wait yeah yeah <laughs> um What's uh, we already went over that one. So, what did you think of the writing? The, like I said, the writing was very good. I like the fact that you don't have to be no have no college degree to be able to understand the book. Didn't have all them big blown out words that you got to go back and Google and see what it means. It was very relatable, and it, 
the fact that it was easy uh, easy read book for anybody to read. Yeah, that was good because I I really don't know no big words. I don't know too many <laughs> so I would have had to Google them to put them in there. Then we all would have been confused. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad you didn't. Cause like I said, I share these books with my kids at the group home and um, grandkids and stuff. And they're young, but I want them to see, get them to know these things while they're young. Yeah. Yeah. The seeds, they, if, if they're not mm -hmm. un understanding completely, at least it was a seed drop. And that was yes. really the whole content, intent behind the book was just to put enough seeds in a storyline where They'll be curious, or when they get older, a couple of years, they're like, "Dang, I heard that word, or I heard about mm -hmm. like, you know, job or something like that." Mm -hmm. Yeah, let it grow on them. Watch yeah. it grow, you know. Um, let me see. Did did reading a book impact your mood? I like this answer, and if yes, how so? Uh that answer well i know it impacted me because i went through all kind of emotions where it had me in tears then it had me laughing and then it had me happy so you go through a lot of emotions in this book that was good I, i'm glad it came through i was uh, hoping to take him on a roller coaster yeah and, and that's exactly how it was yeah because i was like you get people invested and that was kind of the uh, cool part with writing for the first time and writing the whole uh, project was I was able to um, I felt like I was able because I was reading I, I was getting a little choked up in emotion and I was like you engage them and you get them and then you just be like this and then you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah <laughs> thank you thank you thank you um let me see it said, what surprised you, what surprised you most about the book? And you touched on it a little bit already. It's in the industry. I see a lot of kids go through the same things that people in the book went through. And um, just to be an overcome, they can still overcome the different obstacles that happen in their life. Yeah. And, and not was, relate back to the same behavior. And that was something that was really uh, my um my thought process was kids, the at-risk youth. Mm -hmm. You know, that was really my intent to try to um, put some out there that they could read and not get be bored and mm -hmm. get some kind of inspiration and motivation from to see themselves in it. And that was really who I was writing it to. You know, mm -hmm. those. Well, it hit home with yeah. a lot of my kids. Yeah, yeah. I hope. Sometime in the near future, I've been reaching out to uh, the juvenile detention and stuff and trying to get there to read um, in person, yes. hopefully COVID and stuff um, let up and, and really um, make an impact by being there. And, and I want I want them to be um, writers and publishers, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying, to publish mm -hmm. whatever they're going through or, or facing or whatever, but have that um, understanding, that knowledge that, you know, um, it's uh, profitable. They could be profitable, but accomplishing something. They not too many published I, books and stuff. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. So we're gonna that, pray on that's that. Where you wanna, yes, that would be awesome. Even just to uh, send them some books for them to mm. read, and then come in and do a, like a little um, what do you call it? Book review. 
Yeah, yeah. Because I, w- I would love to get what they, um, with their opinions and mm-hmm. I could rewrite it and revise it and implement mm-hmm. some stuff. Hey, it ain't just my ideal. If whatever make it better for, for them, we could um we could work that in there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm down. Um is the book overrated or underrated? It's underrated. Like I said, I just bought it just to be buying it, but then when you get to reading it, I mean, and you can't put it down, and I go and tell the next person, look, you need to read this book. You need to read it. And people these days, especially kids, they don't like reading mm-hmm. with all the social media and all that. That's the only reading they're going to do. Yeah. And I know when I talked to my grandson about it, he was like, well, can, can it be, um, uh, what do you call it, a recording one, audio book? Yeah. I did no, the audio books. You ever uh-huh. heard the audio books? No. The audio books is dope. That's these QR codes on there. I got them attached to audio books. So I did like a little production, a nice little production with sound effects and had a got a professional voiceover guy. And um, yeah, it's pretty they they came out really good. Really good. So that um, okay. I didn't know if that's what I'm old school. I didn't know that's what that meant. Yeah, you so you got the first the first mm-hmm. version of the covers. Mm-hmm. So these um are the third, like the third versions. So um I'm gonna get some to you. And and you referred, um, suggested the book and um a couple of people that you suggested have bought it and, and they um was able to talk to them and stuff, and it's because you suggested it to them. So I appreciate mm-hmm. you. Yeah, definitely. So you must have did like it. Yo, <laughs> I did. I'm not gonna put my name out there on some endorse anything that I really don't like. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a shy person, I don't like talking anyway. So oh thank you, cousin. Thank <laughs> you. Um would you uh, it said would you ever consider rereading it? But you like, yeah, but you gave it you let some people borrow and you never gave it back. Wow. I, I, I want to be an Uncle G. <laughs> you is G. You is G. <laughs> you definitely G. All oh, y'all some G's, man. Um. So this one too. Did the book strike you as an original? Yes. See, I didn't read Rich Man. What was that? Rich, Rich Man Poor Rich Man. Dad, poor Dad. Oh, poor. I never read that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. This. And I didn't do a lot of reading myself either, other than the Bible. You know, yeah, that was my start. About when I got about 17, 18, I started reading the Bible. And my other my other inspiration um that I, I took was from have you ever read The Coldest Winter Ever by Sister no. Soldier? Okay. <laughs> that's a hood classic and that storyline because the girl name is Winter because she's so cold. Yeah. Yeah, so I was trying to give it at the beginning. I was trying to give it somewhat of that feel, but not, you know, dirty, cold, mm-hmm. like, dang, they some foul people. But, like, man, it's, hey, with family and, and, and trying to accomplish some things, like, you know, sometimes it's a cold world out there. But what made you want to put the spiritual side in the book, too? Because I had to put some of me in there. It was mm-hmm. God... He he gave me the ideal. He dropped it in my spirit. 
and gave me the storyline and um I, I I couldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do it without putting um mm-hmm. putting that in there man because that's so so much part of my life and who I am so it's bound to spill over in, in, in the book and then whatever I do you know I always said that everybody's not a, a pastor but mm-hmm. everybody's equal in the kingdom because yes. you got the pastor or you you think about the kingdom you got the king but in, in God's kingdom even the king is just as uh on the same level as the shoemaker yeah you know what I'm saying exactly. so when buddy making shoes the word should be coming out too when you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying whoever doing you know so I'm if I'm writing yeah. books the word gonna spill over to it also somehow yeah I went to an evangelist class so I can know how to evangelize, but I don't want to be an evangelist in the church. I want to evangelize the youth that I work with, but mm. I want to know what I'm talking about and how to expand on it. Yeah. When, when I was that age, uh, I went to stay with my um, cousin, Ramona, because she could see, like, you know, we was kind of going in that direction. We was like 12, 13. So not growing up in church, when I went to stay with them, I knew she didn't grow up in church either. But when she got married, they got into church. So she'd been going strong for like six, seven, eight years. And when I went up there, the biggest thing that impacted me was I was like, every day when they ate, they they be talking about the Bible. Some I'd be like, somehow, some way, the Bible be coming up in every conversation. And not only that, I was like, they go to church so much. And they really seemed like they believe what they're talking about. So mm-hmm. it wasn't what they were saying; it's how they moved. Mm-hmm. Somebody like a kid like me, I was, that's what I watched. I don't, I don't care necessarily if you knew the scripture and all mm-hmm. that. But I was like, you guys are consistent. You guys are um, by example. By example, you know, their heart was what um, impacted me. And of course, I didn't start doing right, but. When I did, you know, that was kind of like um, years later, somewhere around 17, where I started like, I, I don't, I want, I want more, it's something with something missing and I didn't know what it was, it wasn't where just being regular and, and just growing up regular. So I was like, the church must, it must be in the church. And that's when I, I felt, so I went to church, man, and I just started feeling good. Um, and I got, that's where I got my, my root, my roots. When I was about 17, when I started going to church. So. Good, good. Yeah. And you just sat it on the shelf until you nigged it. Huh? You sat it on the shelf, all the knowledge and things that you learned in church at 17, you put it on the shelf until you were able to apply it to your real life. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> yeah. And you never could start doing right too soon. Uh, it, it's like for me, it's been like an up and down ride, and it's still, it's still always. I think it's always gonna be challenging because you don't have. It's not a um, a certain formula of how and who you're supposed to be, you know. Especially with a world that's changing so much, and everybody has their own calling and their own purpose. Um, you stand on the word, but at the same time, you you got a rhema word. You still got, you know, God still living God. So he still speaks individually. 
everybody has their own personal relationship. So, um, you know, I don't know. You got to take stands places and then you got to be able to to have that communication to where you could get Mm -hmm. your orders at the same time. I can't think of any right now, but I can't wait for Cat's book. Yeah, me too. I'm. That's been um, amazing for me, writing it and diving and really just thinking about, all right, you never think about what's a woman's perspective of life, mm-hmm. you know, her journey. And um, I, I think we forget too, as men, you know, I could step out in the outside world and just feel comfortable. And you never think like a woman step out and physically just off the rip, like physically you just, you not, you might not, I mean, now I'm gonna say, I know my family physically y'all good because y'all keep that heat in the city, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but at the same time, Ooh, you know you what? Know my I, sister. <laughs> yeah, 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 well, yeah. But at the same time, you know, when we grew up, I remember what I kind of compared it to was how a lot of um, friends and family, when they were getting out of prison, like in the 80s and 90s, how they were so big physically. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, it was pretty, it was threatening. And you know what I'm saying? And taking that, that just muscle mass and just that strength. And you got to maneuver as a woman you know, not every man could, you know, of course, beat you up, take you, but you know what I'm saying? Just knowing that you just out strength physically off the rip, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's here. Like, if somebody wanted to just grab you or something, like, they had a, they got a good chance of, of, and me as a man, you know, we never really take that into consideration. Like, you, you got to move like that every day, and I know you got to think like that. It's not in the forefront of your mind. But I'm sure you guys are cautious. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you never even think like that's not even. So start started to thinking like that. I was like, well, what else am I, am I missing or not even tapped into? I haven't even considered um, about. Last question. Your title, Watch Me Grow. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? That came from actually a mentor of mine. So he um, from Chicago and... I met him through the church out here and he was saying that um, he wanted to start a nonprofit. He always talked about starting a nonprofit called Watch Me Grow. And when I got the storyline, it just seemed like it fit Um, because, and I I put the uh, nonprofit in, in the book, you know, the Watch Me Grow nonprofit. So I don't know what came first. Was it just the name of the book, Watch Me Grow? Or if it was because I wanted to implement the um, Watch Me Grow Center in there. But it just seemed like it seemed like it fit, but was a gift and a curse about it. But I think it's dope. People think a lot that is me talking about Watch Me Grow. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And they'd be like, mm-hmm. ain't nobody want to read about you growing. <laughs> Where you don't grow. But it's funny because and actuality to me is the exact opposite. It's watching somebody else grow. And hopefully whatever they get out the book, they it might motivate and inspire them. Cause it's motivated and inspired me. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah.
It is. Yeah. Well, once um, again, I applaud you. You did an excellent job, and I'm looking forward to that. More to come. Grow through concrete. So why is it that when you see some ghetto kid grow out of all of the dirtiest circumstances and he can talk and he can sit across from you, make you smile, make you cry, make you laugh, all you can talk about is my dirty rows, my dirty stems, and how I'm leaning crooked to the side. You can't even see that I came up out of that shit.